Welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. And for the first time, we welcome Mr. Mario Poole, Mr. Vanderpool, to the Green Beige Desk. Mario, how is it going, my brother? Hey, guys. I'm good, man. How's everyone doing? Good. Hold, holding on. Holding on. As, as is the case in my situation is just usually about the weather for me right so i'm just trying to cope i'm just trying to cope just trying to cope guys. Isn't it? <laughs> so so here the joke Paul. my man left the east coast to go to texas to get away from the snow and now he is the one that's out there complaining every week during this winter about the weather over no, there no. Not necessarily about the snow, though. It's just because Dallas's weather, as Paul just said, it is is bipolar. Like you, you have to dress for yeah. three seasons in one day, or, or maybe even all four of them. It's just you never know what to do. You never know what to do. I do not envy you, sir. I give me the craziness at that all, I get over in Denver. <laughs> Let me just deal with like it being hot last mm. week, and then we had a blizzard for two days. And then we know we're back oh. up a little bit today, but we got some snow coming tomorrow. I can tell you that. At least I understand you now what the rhythm is, you know? Every week we can yeah. get some snow, everything can be good. It's just got to worry about rain and sunshine. <laughs> That's what I mean for now. Just know you can go. I can tell you what I'm going to tell you afterwards, though. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Studying your own things. Anyhow. It's true. Now, for those of you who do not know Mr. Poole, um, Mario and I, we went to school together. We were both <laughs> students of Combermere at the same time. We were both members of the senior football team in my last year, 2003, true. when yep. I was about to leave. So we know, but well, I know very well, Mario's sporting allegiances. And <laughs> before we get to that, we have to shout out the women. Of course, you know, March is the Women's Month. And today, we're recording this on Tuesday, as usual. Um, the 8th of March is International Women's Day. So we salute all of the brilliant women that live wherever on the planet. You deserve to be loved and protected. And we definitely want to show our support to you today before we get into our show. Definitely. No. Before we get to Mario and his fandom, you know, we like to go off the rip. And off the rip, we start by saying, what the what? Where we talk about, you know, the craziest or funniest thing that we saw over the sporting weekend. So, Mario, to give you first crap, what made you say, what the what, this weekend? <sighs> that football game between Spurs and Everton. <laughs> That made me, that made me go, what the what? After all of the acquisitions in January by Frank Lampard and the subsequent calling out of his squad from Conte to the point where he was actually in the interview saying he doesn't know if he can fix it to burying five on Everton. That was, that was what the what for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you think about it, 
we are never here to give Spurs any credit. And Spurs actually yeah, phoned right. away <laughs> to um, put the hammer in Everton. So they, well, both of those teams have a lot of soul searching to do come the end of this season and into next season. <laughs> they do. <laughs> what about you, AJ? What made you say, what the what this week? Um, oh, I feel like there were a few things I can mention because there are positives. I, you know what? I'll just mention both. First, first of all, something that I saw last night. I don't know if you all saw this, but the NCAA game between Furman and Chattanooga. Was it last night or the night before? Yeah. I did not see it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And there was a young fella um, hitting a buzzer beater. Like, his team was down by two. Um, this is for Chattanooga. And team was down by two, and he got an inbound pass. Um, yeah, they had like a few seconds left. So he obviously had to throw it. But the thing is, he didn't even like, it was an actual shot. Like he put up a shot, you mm-hmm. know, like all, almost from half court. It ended up going in, drained it, drained it, money, downtown. And they ended up winning the game. And, and you know, now they go into the NCAA tournament. Um, that was good to see on a positive note, you know. Um, look for the highlights when you can, though, Ken. It was, it was a good moment to see. Um, because you can see the players from the other team like just sinking down in in pure, (laughs) like they 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 were just yeah, I I, you know the word I'm looking for, but still, Mm -hmm. because (laughs) what is on my mind as well was the negative that kind of made me see, you know, WT. Um, I don't know if you all also saw this, but the image of Brittany Griner in Russia, in Russia, (sighs) yeah, and I don't know, it just, I, I, I don't want to think dark thought, but when you see people detained in countries of that nature, and especially with what's going on right now, and, you know, mm-hmm. like, holding up the little sign in front and whatnot, I, I'm trying not to fear for the worst, but I'm, I'm definitely concerned with that situation. Um, yeah, that kind of, that kind of shook me a little. Britain, just seeing, the, like, the official images the image that was yeah. released of Brittany Griner being detained in Russia. Yeah. She that. has two negatives working against her. She is American and she's a woman. Mm. And we all know how that goes in those parts of the world. That is true. Mm. And then, like as you just said, there are certain countries, there's not a very long list of them, but there are certain countries that you never want to be arrested in. And Russia is pretty high on that list, especially oh, yeah. as an American. Definitely. Yep. With everything Definitely. else that's happening right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now, my what the what is a very simple, very short, very small thing. Now, for those who would have seen the European Championships, I think it was, when Christian Eriksen had a heart attack on the field, collapsed, and pretty much was out <laughs> completely for a, a few seconds before they were able to resuscitate him get him out where he went to the hospital. He's had a pacemaker installed in his heart. Christian Eriksen is now a member of Brentford playing in the English Premier League. And this week, they were playing against Norwich. And he got into a tackle with Brandon Williams, who was not very pleased, to put it mildly. He was very upset with how he had been tussled and fallen down to the ground and was getting ready to... Um, I don't know do what exactly to who it was that tackled him. And then he noticed that it was Ericsson that was underneath him. And his expression just completely changed. He started smiling. I gave him a hug. 
on the ground. So I did not see that. Yeah, listen. Yes, that, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, that that made me say what the what, but that was that was a pleasant one. It was definitely a pleasant moment during that game, and it's good to see Ericsson back on the field. Yeah, and enjoying himself playing the sport that he loves. So now we move on to Brother Paul and his his fandom. Now we know that Mario is a big fan of Manchester United, the Carolina Panthers, and Detroit Pistons. So right now life is a little rough for for Mr. Paul. But let's start with the positives. And the Yankees. Oh yeah, and the Yankees. But we let me start with the positives right now, which are your Detroit Pistons. Of the three teams that yes. we just mentioned, the Pistons are winners of their last three and five of their last seven coming off of the All Star break. And they brought the winning streak of the Celtics right before the All Star break. So, really and truly, is six of their last eight. Now, while their record is a modest 18 and 47, you know, they seem to be shoots of life coming out of Motown. So, Mario, how are we feeling? Oh, we are we are brimming with hope, brimming with hope. Fill my cup and let it overflow. <laughs> um, yes, because when the season started, I would have stated um, on one of my Pistons forums that anything between twenty five to twenty five wins, I would take. I would gladly take it. Um, there are going to be a number of growing pains because, as you said, the record is modest. And if you even go further into delving into the stats of the Pistons, the Pistons rank near the bottom of the league in majority, if not all, of the stats. Like, they rank 29th in field goal percentage, 29th in three-point percentage, 28th in points scored, 26 in total rebounds. They're they rank close to the bottom again in turnovers per game, um, assists per game. Where they actually do have a decent ranking would be in blocks per game. They're in the they're in the top 15 and steals per game. So like you take those positives along with a maturing kid Cunningham, who is rookie of the year without a shadow of a doubt. There are people calling for Mobley and Green, but I'll throw a stat out there. Kate Cunningham has the most 20.5 rebound and five assist games of any rookie in NBA this season. He has six. All of the other contenders for a rookie of the year have one. So let's just put that out there to show where Kid is really maturing. The trade for Marvin Bagley has been a breath of fresh air. I think he was dealt a very, very bad hand in Sacramento. But I like I like my new big three. They may not be a big three, a worldly big three, but Bagley, Kid, and Sadiq Bey, all young players, all now hitting the learning curve in the NBA. And I think all we need to do now is to get some, some more pieces put around them. Um, we can get some 3 and D guys. To put around them, we also have another young cent. We have a young center, Isaiah Stewart. So the team we have one of the youngest average age teams in the league. So, and right now with our record, um, we will be 
drafting pretty high again. Mm -hmm. So we just need to probably draft. We have to draft need and not best player available. And I'm going to say this now. This is my hot tape. They're going to take into next season. The Detroit Pistons will be in a play-in playoff spot next year. All right. That is a confidence there, boy. AJ, what about you? You got anything on the Pistons? Um, the, I can I don't know if I ever told you this, but the Pistons have a soft spot in my heart, you know. And you have knows, never told me this. Yeah, no. Who true. knows this as well? Because that, Aspoo, that was our team. That was our team. Pool always <laughs> is always telling me, AJ, come home, boy. AJ, come home. Uh, yeah, because I don't know. Out of you know that I don't really support any particular team, but if it had mm -hmm. to be a team, it, it would honestly be the Pistons. That is a team that I feel most. And it, it kind of has to do with 2004, but that's another story for another day. Yeah, please. Let's um, not go there right now. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mayor Copa, I forgot. Um, but yeah, and, and I must add as well, obviously, I, I was thrilled that the Pistons were able to acquire, well, to get Kate Cunningham through the draft because... As I and, and just a couple of weeks ago, when we recorded, I was saying, like, Kate Cunningham is my little talent, you know? I was a big fan of his at Oklahoma. And Poole, I actually said I have him for Rookie of the Year as well, right? I actually put him, yeah, yeah he's my choice uh, at this point. I'm glad you brought the stats, so I, need to, I don't need to rehash that. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I won't go over, your, go over your entire assessment. I agree with what you said, though. I think the team is, is a young team that... that they're looking, um, as, as Ken Hardhead in notes, resurgent, you know? And <laughs> I know if I can say, as, uh, uh, like what you said, that next year they give me the play-in. But I like, I like the take, though. I like the take. I like the bravery of it, right? <laughs> but I like what I am seeing thus far. Um, I, I really like Kate Cunningham, though. I really like Kate Cunningham. So I, I, I think he's definitely going to be the leader of this team. It's, well, right now he is statistically, but in terms of like just in dressing room, it'll be sooner than later. Um, like you, I like the trade. I think Marvin Bagley the third is a is a good player, good young player who was given a raw deal at, at the Kings. So um, hopefully he could find himself yeah. now. And yeah, I, I like what I'm seeing from the Pistons. Though. You never know, dog. I might come back home for you. You know, I might. I might. <laughs> but I am not going to to rain on the positivity of the Pistons. So, good job, fellas. Right now, there's a team <laughs> that wish that they had the uh, the future outlook, like the Pistons, looking at you, Mr. Um, Lakers. Anyhow, we're not talking much ball today. We're focusing more on the football stuff. And unfortunately, we're moving now from the positive feelings with the Pistons to... Where we're feeling much less positive about the other P, and that is the Panthers, and specifically, pull oh. your guy Cam Newton. Now, before we get to the news regarding your current franchise star, you brought the prodigal home this season when Cam Darnold reverted to Sam Darnold of New York Jets lore, and then Cam, to put it gently, wasn't good in his second go-around with Carolina. So what should be the next stop or step for Cam? <sighs> the thing is, where Cam is concerned, you all, you all know my, my love for QB1. Everybody knows my love for QB1. 
but some of I will say some of it was of his own doing, but I will also say some of it was just a very poor system by a head coach that should not be a head coach. Now, the game they lost, I will I will pinpoint one game in particular, the game they lost to Washington. Cam completed over 62% of his passes. Mm -hmm. They played well the whole game, but the defense did not show up. He led them on multiple drives, got points or dropped balls, and they said, well, this one is not his fault. The following game, the confidence was a bit shattered because the O-line was atrocious. Now, my thing with Cam Newton is throughout his career from his Auburn days, he's a rhythm player. Cam is not going to be a consistent pocket thrower. He's not even going to give you a consistent five completions in a row. That's not Cam Newton. That has never been Cam Newton. And when any, any team that brings Cam Newton in has to understand that he goes on rhythm. He goes on that feel-good vibe. Hence why Cam looks really great in the no-huddle offense. When he just comes to the line, calls the players, the game flows. Cam plays, Cam plays football like he listens to music. That's it for Cam. But my issue was he, he started to force the ball a lot, leading to multiple turnovers. You couldn't tell the difference between Cam Newton and Sam, uh, and Sam Darnold. Like, it was just turnovers left, right, and center. It was more like the Carolina Bakery shop than the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. It was horrible. It was atrocious to watch. I do think that Cam still has it in him to be a serviceable start in the NFL. His days of being a premier quarterback are over. And I think Cam, within his heart, knows that. But he still has a piece of him that he needs to prove to him, not to anyone else. Because when Cam was good, Cam was great. But those days are gone. He has a lot of other ventures. He has his hotline. He has his cigars, his food truck, Funky Fridays. I just think Cam, for me, before he brings any more hurt to his legacy, just call it quits. That's for me. But there's still a part of me, there's a little part of me <laughs> that wants to see QB1 lace it up and go again. Understood. Understood. What about you, AJ? What should be the next step or stop for Mr. Newton? Oh, boy, I'm sorry. Let me apologize. <laughs> Let me apologize in advance because I... I, I know that's your guy, and I actually very much appreciate what you said. I'm glad that there was some defense of Cam here because it's not going to be from me. In my opinion, <laughs> beyond the, Cam is no, beyond a shadow of a doubt, done as an NFL starter. And as you said, and I, which I am also going to, to agree with, it may not even be all his fault. However, what he has shown, even in his flashes of brilliance that he's had since coming back into the fray at, at the Patriots and then in, in his second um, stint at the Panthers, to me, it's not enough to warrant. With, with, all the, that the, the, with all the quarterback talent that there currently is in the NFL, no, I, the way things go, you never know. He could be a serviceable starter because even down to like Teddy Two Gloves was starting last year, Tyrod Taylor and all sort of things. So, and these boys aren't bad, but they're serviceable 
stutters, right? So to, to that comment, I say you may have a point, but I would be more surprised than not if Cam is actually a starter next year. I, I, I just don't know where he fits based on what his strengths are at this point, because even his strengths are not at their optimum level at this point, right? I just feel like, especially even with the Panthers, I feel like that experiment is done. I, 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 I was actually trying to look through this to see where, and I don't want to go through the teams due to our time um, constraints here. I'm not going to go through every single team and see if I think Cam can fit there or not. You have a top three? No, I don't. I, I honestly don't. Like, I don't know at this point where he fits. And, and it, it kind of has to do with, that's something we have to discuss another day. When, when, we, when we do the live coming up, we'll tell you all guys about that. When we have, whenever we do that live, maybe we could get into that. However, at this point, I really don't. Because I don't see any, any project in the NFL that is suited for Cam as a starter. That's just me, though. I, I understand completely. Yeah, so, unfortunately, Paul, I, I do have to agree with AJ. Um, where I think Cam's next step or stop should be, should be Happy Valley. Retirement. Cam, Cam should be riding off into the sunset, you know, just like the, the cowboys of old, wearing his 10-gallon hat on the top of his head. And with, the, with, the, with the holes for the hair. With, with the holes, holes for the hair. hair. Correct. Correct. You know and it. a cigar <laughs> in his hand. That is, that is on, probably... On a funky Friday, too. On funky Friday, too. Correct. On a funky Friday. On a funky hey, Friday. Hey. Co correct. Probably, probably with a horse with a gold cap. <laughs> exactly. Anything so. No, the, the, the problem with Cam, right, is that accuracy has never been his strong point. And in today's NFL, everyone is looking for an accurate quarterback. They're looking for someone who is able to put the ball on the spot. And that has never been Cam. Cam is also no longer able to physically impose himself on the opposition either by escaping the pocket, you know, shaking off defenders or running the ball. And he was ran out of town in Carolina the first time. He ended up in New England. He got run out of town there again. Now he's come back home. It hasn't been good coming back home. Every oh. season, he's taking shots to his legacy. Mm. So... For the sake of his legacy, I believe that Cam should be taking it to the crib. This should be it for him. Yeah, enough said for me. All right, so now, still with the Panthers, the breaking news today out of Carolina <sighs> was that they are taking calls on Christian McCaffrey. Sources tell ESPN that while they aren't actively shopping McCaffrey or looking to trade him, the Panthers are taking calls on CMC and would consider moving him if offered a first-round pick and a player with a modest cap hit. Run CMC is 25 years old with four years left on his contract, and he is also the highest-paid running back in NFL history. He also has a very extensive injury history, missing 23 of the last 33 games in the last two seasons. 
So, Mario, are you surprised that the Panthers are looking at possibly moving McCaffrey? I'll tell you why I am surprised. When McCaffrey was fit and running well, our O-line was never an issue. McCaffrey's workload became heavy when the O-line subsequently became dismantled. The problem with Carolina, over many a year, we do not resign O-line men to large contracts. So we do bargain basement shopping at the thrift shop during off seasons to plug and fit here and there. And that has always been an issue from Dave Gettleman until now. Funny enough, when Hunley was the GM, with the first going around when we had Stewart and Williams, he invested in the O-line. His second going around, he didn't invest in the O-line, he invested in the wide receivers, which I found strange because with when Hunley is your GM, it's all about ground and pound. Now, Christian McCaffrey is not a bat built for ground and pound. So my thing was, if you were going to build for ground and pound, have someone to share the load somewhat. Mm-hmm. Another issue I have with, with how they're handling McCaffrey was Matt Rule, in my honest opinion, rushed back McCaffrey a little too early to save his own job. So when you when it is what have you done for me lately season, you're going to make sure everyone out there keeps you employed, whether it's to their detriment or not. Because bringing, again, to retrace back to Cam, bringing back Cam was a save my job moment because him and Cam didn't get along the first time he came because of a clash of egos. He came as a new head coach. Cam said, well, Carolina's Cam Newton Town. He didn't like it because this was, this was, this was reportedly... Um, leaked by former players and Cam did also speak to it slightly in the past. Clash of Egos, the new head coach coming in, the franchise QB, Saint coming off of surgery, letting the guy know like, yo, this is my tongue. How are we going to run it? And he's like, no, like, I'm at the head. So that's the problem there. But as it pertains to McCaffrey, I think they mishandled the injuries. I also think our backroom staff needs some sort of evaluating because as someone that studied massage and sports therapy, when you're rehabbing a player for leg injuries, you also have to rehab the player for their back. The leg injuries tend to come from issues with weaknesses in their back. Mm. So if he has reoccurring leg injuries, that means they're just fixing, they're fixing the output of the pain are not fixing the origin of the pain fixing the symptoms so for me that's a major problem correct so i think those two areas needed the o-line and our backroom staff need to really be viewed in a a, under microscope i don't think they should deal in because i still think that when fit he is the most dynamic back in football thousand yard receiving thousand yard rushing back he is the most dynamic back there is in football. Nothing against 
the power running of Derek Henry, nothing against Taylor, but when fit, McCaffrey is RB1. Okay, what about you, AJ? Are you surprised that the Panthers are looking at possibly moving him? I am not. And it has nothing to wow. do... Yeah, but it, the thing is, here's, here's my response as to why. It has nothing to do with... Well, let me not say nothing. It has less to do with Christian McCaffrey himself and more to do with the fact that, to me, this team needs like to wipe this state. I, I, I don't even want to necessarily say rebuild but they need to clean house and, and, and get some things in order before they reattempt this project, even if they keep Matt Rule at the helm, right? Oh, because you can't, you, you can't clean house and keep him. I just, I'm just saying, even, even if they decide to do that, even if they decide to do that, they need to clean house with some of these players. And it means getting McCaffrey's contract off of your books because it makes no sense keeping him if the rest of the team is not fit to be challenging for uh, uh, for postseasons and, and and that kind of thing, right? No, no. This is where I'd say it it, it kind of plays into his situation as well. You're paying him, and he's and he's and he he's he's developed. Can't even say developing. He has developed an injury history right now, right? He's injured quite a bit. Pull the rest of your team ain't good. The rest of your team isn't good, and you don't have a you don't have a quarterback at this point. Um, outside of him, I, 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 right there, we go. Even even other offensive weapons because Robbie Anderson is now a free agent, right? Yes, all we have is DJ. There we go. And 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 defensive, like, I'm I'm I can't remember what happened with y'all defense specifically, but you see what I'm trying to get at here. The team injuries at needs... the corner position were the major issue, though, because our, mm. our corners weren't fit at all. And we got torched. There we go. Speaking of corners, Stefan Gilmore is a free agent now too, right? Yes, he is. So uh, the, the, the team needs a facelift. So why would you keep Christian McCaffrey around and pay him that money when he may or may not be on the field when you can trade him and get some, some sort of draft capital for him and then just like restart the project because you're not, y'all are not in the position right now to be like, okay, well, next year would like two additions, like just a QB and then and then another receiver and, and we could and we could be like challenging for the division. You're still not there. You're still not there. Why so pay Matt Rule 10 million a year. Now, hey, I'm not restarting the project. I am not defending Matt Rule. I am just I, I just <laughs> that's that's just a longer discussion to one one which I did not want to get into at this point. But I'm I'm just saying <laughs> that's why I'm not surprised that you all are are treating run CMC. I think the overall situation kind of, um, kind of, uh, uh, um, in a sense, it um, puts everything into perspective. Where, yeah, well, we need to, to to start this over from scratch, and it doesn't make sense having this kind of contract on our books at this no point. Vision. No vision. Carolina has no vision. They have no no. They have no vision board, and they don't have a a mission statement. Yes, that's it. Carolina has no mission statement. Mm. Uh, I, I'm, I, 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 as a brother, I feel for you. I really <laughs> it's do. true. It's true. I, <laughs> I, I agree with you, AJ. As, as your friend, I feel for you. As your <laughs> division mate, I love all you of you. Smiling. 
that all the dysfunction <laughs> that's happening over in Carolina. Now, one of the things nah. that I I enjoy about our show is that AJ and I often do not have the same points on a topic, even if we agree. And this is one of the perfect examples of such because I too agree that I am not surprised that the Panthers are taking calls on McCaffrey. And a lot of the points I had are similar to the points that AJ just made, but I'm attacking it from a slightly different angle. Now, you know, in today's NFL, running backs don't get paid. But Christian McCaffrey got paid. And what we've also found recently is that in a lot of cases, the running backs that did get paid don't perform after getting paid. In a lot of cases, it might not necessarily be their fault because of their lack of production. An example of that would be Zeke, who got paid and then suddenly seemed to have forgot how to run the football and break tackles. But in a lot of cases, you find that guys tend to get injured a lot. And that would be like the same Derrick Henry who just broke a bone in his foot after getting paid this season. And then you have others who tend to do too much work trying to earn the big payday and then they get paid and then their body starts to break down. So there you go. So when you look now over the last two seasons, because as you said, the NFL is what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. In two seasons, McCaffrey's played, played a total of 10 games. You can't be the highest paid running back taking up so much of the salary cap and not playing, especially when you have a coach that is constantly now for the last, for this past season, I will be in this season coming in CYA mode and coaching for his job. There's no way. He shouldn't have. Okay, but I'm not going to get into that right now either. However, I'm just bashing. <laughs> you got lashes from Matt Rule. <laughs> but, but you got to understand it though from Matt Rule's perspective. He is not going to want to have to depend on a player that, frankly, he can't depend on. That if this guy does not play, chances are I get fired. So, you would you can understand from their perspective then as an organization why they would want to get some kind of return on a player where they can use whatever they do get then to try to rebuild the team and rebuild the roster. I don't know who's going to give them a first-round pick and a player for a man that can't stay on the field, but more power to you guys. They might, though. Somebody out there would risk at giving Carolina first round pick for him because they're going to look at the what he has done versus the injury history. So they're going to look at the maybe my my um my medical staff can keep him fit because your medical staff is doing something that they shouldn't be doing and go that route. But never know. We'll see. It, it pains me to say this, but the Buffalo Bills should be doing everything they can to try to get Christian McCaffrey. Everything you know, they can. Not only honestly. that, who's the head coach in Buffalo? My oh, former yeah. defensive coordinator. 
on the riverboat run. Gone are the True. good old days because he should have been given the job when Ron Rivera was fired. They should have given him the job. Up in Buffalo, how many players does does um, Sh um Sean McDermott have that were former Carolina Panthers? Mario Adamson, AJ Klein, Starla Tulele. The list goes on. He shops at home. You he see, and I, I didn't even know that. And I just said, so you know what? This is he becoming too much of a reality. Home. We need to stop talking about this. This is becoming like <laughs> something that could actually had. I don't want to imagine that happening. So let's just stop and move on. Thanks. <laughs> okay, sir. No problem. So now that we, we've, we've covered pools teams, now we move over into Green Bay. We're, we're hearing contrasting reports, but one thing through all of the reporting has remained constant. And that is that Aaron Rodgers is coming back to the Packers. It is, or it was initially reported that Rodgers signed a four-year extension, which would have made him the highest paid player in the NFL history with a $200 million contract carrying $153 million in guaranteed money. Rodgers himself refuted that on Twitter, saying that the reports that he signed and the numbers quoted were all false. But at least they brought back his best friend, Devontae Adams, on the franchise tag. So, AJ, I'll ask you first. Is this latest AA run situation something, nothing, or everything? It's everything. Because, you know what? I didn't even know that he refuted it and, and basically said that, you know, that everything is false. I thought it was actually agreed because as far as I can recall, it was reported by credible sources. It was very there credible we go. sources. <laughs> there we go. But then I saw that Devontae Adams was franchise tagged and I was like, hmm, that still seems a bit fishy to me because the expectation was that if he's staying, well, I mean, maybe there was no way you could pay both of them, but still, well, Maybe you can if you let go one of the Smith boys, right? Because I think they, those are the names that were being touted as um, either Zedarius or Preston, one of the names that could have left. Zedarius Smith is right. being reported. Zedarius, right. Mm -hmm. in, in, in order for them to be able to keep that duo of, of Aaron and Devontae. But when I saw the franchise target, it just like kind of was like, oh, okay, cool. But know that you're saying that there could be some truth to the fact, to truth to, to what Aaron said that maybe it isn't true and of course it is everything because we've been waiting for the longest while and you know what it's not even about us let me take us as the media and the fans out of this right mm -hmm. the team has been waiting for the longest while for Mr. Aaron Rodgers to make his decision as to what he's going to do so that they can move about with their business and Brian G clearly doesn't have the cojones to make the decision himself in terms of like, all right, well, we're going to take the stand here and you have until this deadline mm -hmm. to, to make your decision or we move on. It's not that it's like, all right, just take how much other time you need. We'll be here. We'll wait. <laughs> it, I mean, in a, I get it, but in a sense, it's still kind of pathetic to me. Mm -hmm. It kind of is, you know, and because it, it, it is progressively hindering the, the, the Packers organization from making other moves. And Aaron, every, every, you know, he can't make this, this decision, but every week he's going to be on Pat McAfee's show 
and then he, he uh, um, officiating as somebody wedding. I'm not saying you can't do these things, but at the same time, he is aware that his decision has implications on the rest of this team. And, and the fact that Devontae's franchise tag, it really, I'm, I'm really led to believe now that, that what the man said, that his, refu uh, um, his refuting of, of, of the reports are, are most likely true, that he hasn't signed them. And I really want to know why God, why? Why? <laughs> why hasn't it been done as yet? Like what, what, what exactly are you waiting on at this point? I, I, I just don't get, I don't, I really don't get this man sometimes, honestly. What about you, Paul? Um, is it something, nothing, or everything? Uh, this is everything in caps lock with three exclamation marks. <laughs> I'll tell you why I say that as well. When I saw this, and then I, I, I saw the tweet earlier this week, um, just delving into a bit of NFL news. I came across um, an old, old sports center ad with a lighthouse and Brett Favre. He's returning. Ding, ding, ding. No, he's not. And then the lights go off, right? Mm -hmm. And why this is so reminiscent is the Green Bay Packers find themselves in yet another situation of not knowing whether their franchise quarterback will come or go. They had this problem with Brett Favre. And look how the world has turned on its head once more. And, and sorry, let me just add, this is not the first time that Aaron Rodgers has done this. It's not even the first exactly. time that he's done this. Exactly. <laughs> and how many times did Brett Favre do it? Like, they, like it's something in Green Bay with, 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 with commitment issues. <laughs> like, their quarterbacks have commitment issues. Oh, uh, I Boy, I don't know, huh? <laughs> I really don't My know. issue here as well, the now for many years, Aaron Rodgers from, from a lot of reports has been called brash, arrogant, and there wasn't much evidence to support these claims. But over the last two seasons, we have seen that behavior, especially in the off seasons. We have seen the arrogance, the brashness. I don't care, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I don't like, I'm the best. The, the Pat McAfee show, the weddings. My thing is, and I hate to say this, if this were other quarterbacks, not of his stature, probably not of his complexion, they would have been dragged through the mud. But it is Aaron Rodgers. It is Aaron Rodgers. So he has to, he has, he has that, that easy pass. I mean... There were even times when Tom Brady was not given this pass when he was in New England. So it's like, what is the aura of Aaron Rodgers that he's allowed to do this whenever he feels like, however he feels like? Me personally, as AJ said, I think the GM just needs to wake up one morning, choose violence. Listen to me, sir. You have until this date at this time, to turn up at our office for us, for you to either sign this contract or for us to move on from you. We will not be doing this back and forth thing where you will be making the franchise look like an absolute circus show to mainstream media and have people laughing at us because they're not laughing at Aaron Rodgers. They're laughing at the Green Bay Packers. 
if you if you didn't sign the contract, my thing is as well with the GM, if you didn't sign the contract, why go to the press and state, oh, Aaron Rodgers has signed? Why? For then him to come and refute it to make you look bad. This looks really bad on Green Bay's part. This is handling business in, in the poorest form of professionalism ever. This And we usually hold Green Bay at a high standard up there with the with the patriots of the world in terms of how they handle business. This is not a good look for the franchise. That's what happened when your franchise owned by fans too, right? Is is Brian G doesn't that have is, someone over him saying, look, make this decision true, today or else. So. But my thing too about the franchise tagging when I saw that and I, I saw the, the initial report on the deal, I said, well, okay, $153 million, they're going to sort the cap in a way that the back end of the contract is what hit the cap heavy because mm -hmm. Green Bay is built to win now. So mm -hmm. orchestrate the contract in such a way his cap, that Aaron's cap number is low this season and predominantly his funds will come from incentives hit as the season goes as we all guys know that helps with cap issues we study the cap so then that would have freed up some cap space next year to resign Devonte. but when i saw i was like hmm it still can't work but then when i saw aaron's remarks i was like this ain't working <laughs> no looking at the the parameters of my question something nothing or everything you both said everything. I just think it's something. Because really and truly, we kind of expected the longer that this dragged on, the more likely to me it was that he was going to go back to Green Bay. But me saying that it's something is that it's something that will bring us right back here to this same spot again next year. <laughs> no, people have attached labels of diva and drama queen to Rogers. And him not signing an extension and just playing out this last year of his contract will keep him in the media and national spotlight all season long. And what and, the deed was like. Attention. <laughs> and, and you know how Aaron loves to be passive-aggressive. So this will mean that the scrutiny he claims he doesn't want will remain there all season long. Every interview, every post-game press conference, all through the draft, all through every single move that the Green Bay Packers are going to make in the next 12 months is all going to be viewed through the lens of how does this affect Aaron? And I personally am a little tired of it, but the one good thing about it is that it's going to continuously give us content for our show we will always have something to talk about because Aaron Rodgers is potentially a free agent next season but, uh, addictive this... behaviors Ken addictive behaviors to, like, to... he likes it he he does it because he likes he, it he clearly does to piggyback off of the last thing you said right like um I, I am getting tired of it as well, you know. <laughs> I, um, I was at the point where when I saw him sign today, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I, it didn't really hit me as a surprise when I saw the report that he'd stayed with the Packers, right? 
the money, I was like, well, all right. That's a lot of money for a guy at this stage of his career. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, you know, desperate teams do desperate things. I, I thought the saga was over. But no, like it was really news to me, Ken, when you just said it five minutes ago that this man refused to claim. I did not know that. I thought we were coming yeah, here what? to discuss his new contract. I didn't know he refuted it. So he did on Twitter. Yep. Man, I'm exasperated. Let, let me move on. Huh? Sure. <laughs> no problem. So the next big Before you back... move on, Ken, just sure. one point. Before no, go we ahead. move on, what is the difference? Tell me, tell me the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown. There's none. Continue. Okay. I'll, I'll leave that one there. That, that would be another um, discussion. Addictive behaviors, Ken. Addictive behaviors. Mr. Hot Take Pool. Yeah. It's true. So the next big quarterback <laughs> domino to drop was Russell Wilson. Like Rogers, there had been reports of discontent with him in the Seattle Seahawks organization and Pete Carroll specifically. We had four teams that he said he was interested in joining last offseason, and then four more were added. At the beginning of this offseason, we had comments from Russ saying that he wanted to be a Seahawk. Coach Carroll comes out and says, we're not trading Russ. Clearly that didn't last very long because Russell Wilson has now traded in feathers for horseshoes. He is coming to the Mulhay City to lead the Denver Broncos. <laughs> and the Seahawks, they did get back quite a haul for him. According to Adam Schefter, Denver are sending their 2022 first and second round picks, their 2023 first and second round picks, plus the 2022 fifth round pick for Seattle's 2022 fourth round pick, as well as Drew Locke, no fan, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris. So, Mario, how does this trade strike you from the Denver perspective? So, you know, on Sundays, right, grandmother usually cook a big pot. You get rice, you get macaroni pie, you get some steamed veg, some macaroni salad, some coleslaw. You still get some beef stew with some baked chicken. But, you know, on top of all of that, I need to eat by you on Sundays, man. That's real food. Granny yeah. just put on the gravy. The mm-hmm. gravy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Denver got so much gravy in this trade. Not only did they receive all of those picks, but they received some very good and serviceable players. Serviceable being Drew Lock. I don't think Drew Lock is, is bad. Well, one second, Paul, because you're saying Seattle. Seattle is who got all of that stuff. Sorry, Seattle, Seattle, sorry. Seattle received the gravy. Denver, on the other hand, Denver got the, Denver got the leg ham. They got <laughs> what they wanted for Christmas. Denver got the leg ham. Yes, I'm going to reference food today, AJ. <laughs> I eat yet, brother. <laughs> honestly, this deal for me, Gives me shades of Peyton Manning going to Denver. Whereas you build the team around the quarterback you have, you you more than likely should succeed. If you look at Denver's numbers this season, Denver ranked Denver ranked in the middle of the table in majority of their stats, but they they ranked rather high in the, in in um, a number of defensive stats 
which mm-hmm. just goes to show me their defense is right where it needs to be. All they need is solid quarterback play. And in Russell Wilson, you get more than solid quarterback play. You get the best deep ball in football. You get evasiveness from the pocket, although the O-line is one of Denver's weak points that they need to shore up. But in getting Wilson for those for those picks, when I look at college right now, I don't see a quarterback in this year's draft that has the potential of Russell Wilson. I don't see one in next year's draft that has that potential as well. Based on my analysis of college football, the next good, well, the next great quarterback draft class is three years down the road. Providing players don't leave early. So when you look at it from that standpoint, as a GM probably should, and I think he quite rightly did, Russell Wilson gives you the win now. Yes, you, you lost Fant, you lost a couple other players, but for Russell Wilson, I would take it. I would take it. Like, hey, in Carolina, would they give up them same picks and Christian McCaffrey for Russell Wilson? Makes sense. What were you, AJ? Yeah, for the most part, I have to agree with Poole without making any um, culinary references because I'm extremely hungry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but and and Poole is it is. I like the fact that you gave your assessment of the QB class, the upcoming drafts um, from uh, of QBs from college, right? Because if you're saying three years down the road. It kind of does fit in with what Denver gave up because they gave, essentially gave up picks for 2022 and 2023, right? And exactly. they gave up a guy who was on the roster as a QB um, and on the depth chart as a QB. And I, I know, I, sorry, sorry, Ken. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I couldn't help <laughs> it. I couldn't help it. But it, it works for them because Julok obviously is still on his rookie deal. So you don't have to pay this man. You can see what he has if he... If he's able to work in your system, he won't. But if he is, then, you know, you, st- you can still get a couple years out of him. Uh, and then you know where, where you can move, uh, go from there with him. If not, you move on. By that time, as Cool said, you probably have some better prospects coming through the draft. Um, I think, all right, we said Denver, but hold on. Let me just sidetrack to Seattle. I actually need to commence. No, I need to commence Seattle because I think they did well to get Noah Fant. In this as well, because Fant was yes. becoming one of the better, one of the, the more favorable targets for Locke and um, Teddy Two Gloves in that uh, yeah in, in that offense last year, right? So that's a good deal. And and Will Disley is still the other tight end, right? So they, they should have they should have some some um, some options there on offense. But overall, yeah. So this is not about them. Back to Denver. Uh, in, in their situation, the team is built so well outside of the quarterback position. They have to go for it. So I kind of agree yeah. with Poole in that sense. Um, they really have to go for it. They, they, they needed to get a quarterback. And we all know, well, they brought in a new head coach to try and lure Aaron Rodgers. And clearly, no, that's not going to work. For, it, <laughs> it could be for one or, or two reasons. But either way, at least one, because they now have their guy in Russ. 
And you see the same thing I was saying. I'm going to put this in my next accurate or not segment, though, Ken, because you see the same thing I was saying just the other day in the group. Russell Wilson's words were no commitment to the Seattle Seahawks. The man said he likes Seattle, the city. And in <laughs> no way, man is saying no way that he's committed. Oh, I love living in Seattle. Well, cool. Seattle might be a cool city, but I mean, you like the Seahawks. That's the same thing I was saying. I, I can your home team. You I think you did a good job. I think your home team can did a good job of 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 going about and acquiring what they need at this point because they they locked down their um they locked down Cortland Sutton. Um, I think they re they released mm -hmm. a receiver today, Deshaun Hamilton. They released Deshaun Hamilton today. Um, but yeah, the rest of the team is built, I think, well enough so that. They're definitely going to be upgraded at the quarterback position and in this division and with the way the team is right now, they needed to go for it. No, we'll it, get eh? into in a bit well, where I think and Sertan is going to be back. Correct on the defensive end. <laughs> I mean, but we know that the defense is already good. The, the defense is good. Right. I have no so imagine Sertan coming back now. So it's like agreed. Yep. Agreed. I have no qualms with the defense. It was more so the fact that the offense could not seem to get it going consistently enough last year. I think they will know because Spool outlined what Russell Wilson brings to the table. And I, as I was saying, um, we will get into shortly where we see the Broncos finishing next year in this division. But <laughs> so I'll, I'll save that for a bit. But um, I, th I think they did well. I think they did well. It is from all appearances. No, I, I wouldn't, I ain't celebrating like Asani as if they actually win something. Because oh, this division is it doesn't it's not like a foregone conclusion in this division that getting Russell Wilson is going to you know what let me save that go ahead Ken uh, they say in the NFC East that is the truth it's not even the AFC <laughs> East <laughs> very true all right so so I, I'm just going to be quick I, I'm going to hit both sides of this deal Denver they gave up a lot. There's no disputing that fact. They gave up a lot. But they got back a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And this team is very talented on both sides of the ball. So losing Farrant will sting a little. It'll sting a little, you know. Probably just a little boo-boo on the arm. But they still have Cortland Sutton, who is one year removed from a Pro Bowl selection. And he still managed to put up 704 yards and four touchdowns on 42 receptions. And that, with, that is with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke throwing to him. The complimentary pieces, Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy, are still both above average receivers. And they have a young tight end, um, Albert. Oh, I'm not, I wrote it down. I'm not even going to bother to try. I'm trying to move too quickly here. Albert O, who's in his third year, and he has shown good flashes as the backup to fact. No, not having the first and second round picks this season and next season at the price of doing business. But if Russ can give them what they want, just like the Rams, they won't mind not having these picks. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they will be looking, as you said, to help solidify that offensive line. Now, the Seahawks. Seattle knew that it was time to make a change. Things have gone stale in the Emerald City, and Russell Wilson was tired of their offensive philosophy. Their roster had holes in the offensive line, the defensive line, and the secondary, and they moved a player who didn't want to be there and got back a King's Ransom for him. 
And getting Locke, they at least have a placeholder at the quarterback position who is still reasonably athletic. He's not Russell Wilson, so he's not going to be able to run around and avoid all those sacks. So they know they have to beef up the, prote the protection. He has familiarity with Fant, and he also knows going to have to lock it and DK Metcalf on the outside. And with protection, they can still be productive. Shelby Harris also gives them immediate help to the pass rush because he had six sacks last season. So, and, that, and, and as you're saying that, I just wanted to, to note, since we're talking about the Seahawks, I don't know if you guys saw this, that um, Bobby Wagner is being released as well. Oh, really? Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes, he has. Yeah, I they was going to mention releasing it. Bobby Wagner, yeah. They're releasing Bobby Wagner. So that is mm -hmm. a big hole in the center of the defense. So yeah. getting a pass Just, rusher and opening a large hole over the middle. <sighs> well, hopefully they have a plan to address that because Wagner has literally been the heart of their defense at the middle lane marker position. Mm -hmm. So they got to fix he that. He was there Luke Keatley. He yes. was there mm -hmm. Luke Keatley. Oh, look at you reminiscing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, my year is gone, man. My year is done. I, like, all I have are memories. Shout out to Big Sean. <laughs> no, what can't be lost sight of, though, is what the AFC West is going to look like next season. We have Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs, Derek Kerr and the Las Vegas Raiders, both of whom made the playoffs last season. We have Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers, who almost made it, except for Brandon Staley timeout. And now we have Russell Wilson <laughs> and the Denver Broncos. So, in an addition of two early predictions, Mario, how do you see the West going in 2022-2023? Before I give that prediction, can I say that the EFC West now probably has the best quarterback cast of a division in the NFL? That, that's, that's for sure. Like, I fully agree. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Like, those <laughs> names that were just called, right? Mm -hmm. All in one division. Fully agree. I, I will say um, that continuity brings favorable um, results. And with that being said, Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs are still the team to knock off that pedestal. I, 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 will, I will say that. I do see... Um, I see Denver finishing second in the West. I'll say... Uh, and this is not even only down to their performances. reason I say this, there will be some backlash, and I feel it will run into the upcoming season from the Chargers and that costly timeout because he will have to answer those questions on numerous mm. occasions as the new, the new offseason starts. And with, those, with that question being asked, it's going to be fresh in players' minds and that can hang over a team's head. So that's, that's, that's the Chargers. And then I cannot see Derek Kerr doing what he did last year amongst all of the animosity that he was faced with this year. Granted, there's no animosity, but there are going to be multiple changes. And as it, some changes can bring growing pains. 
So I see, I see Denver slotting in nice and neatly behind the Chiefs and making it to the playoffs. So where 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 do you have the Chargers and the Raiders? Who comes third and who comes fourth? I have I have I have the <coughs> Chargers three. And I sorry to say this. I like Derek Carr a lot. I sorry, but I got you out four, buddy. Okay. Understood. What were you, AJ? How do you see the West going this season? Um, so part of part of sorry, I, I I just completely lost my train of thought with that. Um, how I was beginning that statement, but um, I I agree with part of what Poole said though that the Chiefs are still a team to beat, and even even when they were struggling during the season, I still. I still had faith in them to win that division because, as Poole said, you know, the familiarity would, would be positive results. Where, where I had lost faith in them was to go all the way. But in terms of winning the, the division, I felt that they could. And I will say now, I still feel that they will um, next, next year, right? Um, so I had the Chiefs first. Unlike Poole, however, I do not think that this move catapults the Broncos to second. And you know what? This is probably just me being optimistic because y'all know that Jay Herb is my guy. I think that the Chargers next season are going to be the second best team in this division. Um, yeah, I'm going to put the Chargers who, if not for Brandon Staley, yeah, you know what? They probably didn't deserve to make it because the team had been inconsistent there. There was a lot going on with that defense last year, and they were not consistent enough. So at the end of the day, we can't bemoan the fact that it did not make it in the grand scheme of things, but I think issues will be fixed next year. Now, was giving Mike Williams the best deal? No, you never know, but that's something else to discuss on another day. We didn't get into it. As Ken's guy, we won't get into that, no. But um, I still do think that Justin Herbert is going to kick it up another notch next season. He will be the savior as usual. I have the Chargers to edge out the Broncos, maybe by a game, maybe by a game for that mm-hmm. second spot. Broncos in third. And then, like you, pool, I don't have that much faith in the Raiders anymore. And it's sad to say because my former um, offensive coordinator, almost, it seems almost lifelong, is now the head coach in Las Vegas. But this, this pattern that Denver has every year where they just get streaky and then, like, Picking up these, the, the way they picked up, they, they had like four, it was four wins on the trot coming to the end of the yeah. season. Yeah. The Cleveland, Denver, Indianapolis, and the Chargers. And the Chargers, obviously, we know what happened in our Chargers game. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't have that much faith in, in the Raiders to be, based on how this division now looks and the quarterbacks who would be on the other side of Derek Carr. And mind you, Ken, you and I have defended Derek Carr ad nauseum. We both think he's a very good quarterback, but... I like Carr. Yeah, me too. I like Derek. There we go. So we... And we all agree that this, in terms of of the QBs, like this division now has, you know, like the... the, the, Like most of of the top, more than any other division. But I think Carr is going to be the fourth best... Uh, I, I on, on the list for back in this division. So, yeah, the Raiders at four. And to recap, so Raiders four. I'm going to say the Broncos third by just about a game behind the Chargers. Chargers will edge them in that second spot and then the Chiefs to win the division. Okay. Well, 
<clears throat> it's nice to see that we all agree that until you to, to coin a popular phrase pool from our former football coach, Mr. Small, to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Beat the man. It's true. <laughs> you gotta beat the man. And right now, the man in the division is still Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I have them at number one. Now, I also agree with Poole. I have Denver to be second in the division. But the reason I have Denver to be second in the division, yes, you know, they say raising water floats all boats. Russell um, Wilson is going to definitely raise everything in the Denver mm -hmm. offense. But I, AJ, as much as you love your boy Jay Herb, I have concerns about that Chargers team. Chargers do not under, the Chargers don't know what it is to win a game convincingly. Everything is a close game. And when mm -hmm. they had Anthony Lynn, the close games went against them. And last season, the close games went for them in this first season of Brandon Stadium. Mm -hmm. When you play all of these close games, at some point in time, you're going to drop some. It's it going to work true. against you. So <laughs> their, their inconsistency is why I am not confident to put them above Denver. But I believe that they are still going to be better than the Raiders. Now, I honestly believe that outside of the cannibalism that's going to happen in this division, I can see all four of these teams having winning records because I believe that all four of them have good enough rosters to do that. And if Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in the division, you still have a chance. So mm -hmm. if you have, <laughs> if you could, let's say you have one team that goes 14 and three in Kansas City, Denver goes 11 and six, the Chargers goes 10 and seven, and Vegas and goes. Vegas goes 10 and 7. All four of these teams, these three teams could potentially sneak in the world carry, depending on how things shake out in the rest of the conference. Mm -hmm. So I just know that I it's agree. going to be stacked. And if I can find the money, I'm going to be at some of these games. Because, <laughs> All right. because All right. this is this this division now is going to be must-see TV all season long. Oh, yeah, agreed. No, because I have to see one team coming out of that division with the Colts and them boys, and that's the Colts. I don't even see any other team in that division with a winning record, but anywho, I digress. <laughs> okay, no. I love how they pull. It is true. No, we try to keep this to an hour, but it would be remiss of us if we ended today's show before talking about Calvin Ridley. No, Calvin Ridley, as you remember, is a member of the Atlanta Falcons, a wide receiver, who left mid-season, citing personal reasons. During that time, <laughs> he was caught betting on Falcons games through FanDuel and now has been suspended indefinitely, which you should understand means for at least the 2022 season. Per mm -hmm. the NFL's gambling policy from... Without pay. Yeah, without pay. Per the NFL's gambling policy from the NFL Communications Section 2, NFL personnel are restricted or prohibited from engaging in the following gambling-related activities, regardless of whether such activities are legal. And number one, betting on football. All NFL personnel are prohibited from placing, soliciting, or facilitating any bet, whether directly or indirectly, through a third party on any NFL game, 
practice or other event. This includes betting on game outcomes, statistics, score, performance of any individual participant, or any other kind of proposition bet on which wagering is offered. Proposition is just the extended word for what we all understand as prop bets. As for the punishment, Section 7 of this same document says apparent or alleged violations of this policy by NFL personnel will continue to be decided by the commissioner or his designee on a case-by-case basis. Violations of this policy constitute conduct detrimental to the league and will subject the involved club and or person or persons to appropriate disciplinary action by the commissioner. Such disciplinary action may include, without limitation, severe penalties, up to and including a fine termination of employment and or banishment from the NFL for life. So, Mario, what is your read on this situation? <sighs> AJ, you know we like rap, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A lot. <laughs> and you know Biggie Smalls had a very prominent line, never mm-hmm. get on your own supply. Mm. How could you, as an NFL player, bet on an NFL game? You have to be completely psychotic. You can't bet on your own. It is known. And I'm glad Ken read it because I read it as well. And then I also read it for all the other major league sports in America. You cannot bet on your own sport across any of the other sporting um, disciplines in the U.S. <clears throat> and North America. <clears throat> <laughs> you cannot. You cannot bet on, on, on your profession. That, this is crazy. And then, I don't have a gambling problem. Says the person with a gambling problem. Come on, man. Seriously? Every prob- every person with a problem says they don't have a problem. Fair point. Oh, Fair it was point. only, and then oh, it was only fifteen hundred that you that you bet. Now, as a person as into sports betting, you cannot trick me, my dear Mister Ridley, sir, because fifteen hundred, depending on how the game is going, and depending on how your um, d- depending on on what parameters you put in the betting site, that 1,500F after one game could have been 2 million. And then you could have reinvested all 2 million and so on and so forth because I know how sports betting works. So don't initially tell me what you betted. Tell me what you lost. That is where the meat is on the bone. Sorry for the um, culinary analogy, AJ. But yes, you cannot... Tell me, oh, I only bet 1500 and then you bet on the sport that you're playing after asking for time away from the sport. So now it looks like you ask for time away to gamble because this is always going to look in all media houses because you're not giving mm-hmm. out any other information. So, oh, I took time for personal reasons. Then, you know, special little 1500 It was probably up 7 mil, yada, yada, yada. But... This this annoys me. What annoyed me in all of this is that you're an NFL player. You have people on your team in terms of whether it's family, your agent, that should know the NFL's constitution as it relates to gambling. And if you hide from your team 
and you did this, if I'm your agent, I'm dropping you. If I'm anyone else on your team that assists you in any other way, I'm looking at you sideways. And if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, this may sound stern on my part, I am cutting you. Because you cannot be trusted. And if you cannot be trusted, you do not deserve to be in my organization. I ain't trying to have no trust issues like Drake. No. What about you, AJ? What's your read on this situation? So let me start this off with a joke firstly. I don't know if y'all heard this. I, and my coworker swears to me that this is true. But the fact that he was, that Calvin really was given such a lengthy ban, right? He told me that there's some Eagle fans, Eagles fans who are right now um, sending complaints to the league saying that Jalen Rigger gave them insight, <laughs> give them inside information to make some bets. Wow. Let's try to get the masses. Jalen, Jalen, you might, of course, you're probably in watching this, but still, I'm sorry, dog. I'm sorry, dog. Um, <laughs> no, there are different, to get more serious now, there are different um, aspects to this entire story, right? One of them is the length of the ban, right? Um, especially as it relates to the, the well, this, the severity of this compared to the severity of other issues that NFL players face and, and the, the length of the ban that they receive in those cases, especially for more like personal and domestic issues. Um, I don't want to get into that because this is a business and at the end of the day, you will always, in my opinion, like in these sorts of situations, be come under a bit more scrutiny if what you do can jeopardize the bottom line of your employer, right? Um, personal disputes always, they're always, yeah, always, they're always touchy subjects, but in those cases, those are things that, you know, it's like, all right, yeah, the player needs to work on this, but that doesn't necessarily reflect on the league. This can reflect on the league. So I, I'm not going to get in, go too much into that. Um, Especially with sports betting still not being legal. Legal in, in every single state. Across Correct. the U.S. Correct. Correct. Um, let me say firstly and foremostly, I do not feel any sort of sadness or empathy for Calvin Ridley. I don't. Um, I was listening to, I mind you, the views I'm about to express are my own. They're not influenced by any other, but I, I, I just, I, I did get some information this morning, listening to get up and Marcus Spears was on get up. And he was talking about the process of, you know, after you get drafted and you're a rookie, like there's a, the week after you get drafted, you go to a rookie symposium where they essentially, there's almost like an orientation where they fill you in on Correct certain things that, that you have to look out for when you're in the league. And one of the things that they always said that always comes up that's at the forefront is gambling, right? And, and telling you not to get into that space, I think. And, and Calvin Ridley is not like he was a free agent pickup or anything like that. Like, this man get drafted. Very high, too. Very high. So he knows. He had to have known. He, even as a like, drafted or not, even as a player, you have to know these things. You have to have known these things. So the fact that he would go about doing this, I, I, I can't feel any kind like if, if they choose to suspend you for the entire season and 
then see what happens to you after that. I, I don't feel sorry for you. Because at the end of the day, you are an employer, employee, sorry. You are an employee of this, of this organization. This is a, a, a closed private sector, basically. You can't go it about is. doing things that will essentially, that can essentially tarnish the reputation of and, 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 and jeopardize the image of your employers and their, their organization. You can't go about doing it. So like I said, the, the other debate as to the length of these bans, I don't want to get into that. But regarding this issue in isolation, I, I can't feel sorry for this guy at all. <laughs> Okay. Well, <clears throat> you didn't want to touch on the length of the band, but that's where I'm going. That, that <laughs> is, that's the point that has me where this entire thing is concerned. Now, to his credit, although there is something to be said about when your hand is caught in the cookie jar, you can't exactly say that it's not your hand in the cookie jar. Is you know like there's that funny video that was circulating a few years ago for this guy who was supposedly cheating on his girlfriend and came into the car with a hickey on his neck and tried to argue to the girlfriend that it was not even his neck that that was one he boy's neck that he had that was holding up his head. So when you when you get caught like that, right, you really don't have an option but to cop to it because anything else is going to sound like lunacy. So, mm -hmm. in a situation like this, Calvin Ridley, he said, yes, he, he knows what he was doing and he acknowledges that what it was wrong. Okay. And according to the rule that I read before, an indefinite suspension, because that's what they called it, is well within their rights to do, the NFL. Mm -hmm. But when you compare this punishment to other punishments that have been handed out, it feels extremely heavy-handed. In the history of the, NFL, of the NFL, three players, three other players, have received lifetime bans, but only one stuck. Merle Hippies, or Hips, I'm not sure how his name pronounced, a running back yeah, for the yeah. New York Giants, got a lifetime ban in 1947 after it was discovered he took bribes to fix the 1946 NFL championship game against the Chicago Bears. He never returned. Ray Carruth in 1999 was suspended indefinitely after being convicted of multiple crimes, including conspiracy to murder his then pregnant yeah. girlfriend. Really? But I remember that. Mm -hmm. He was, but he, well, I mean, he went to jail. So he was in jail for 18 years. So technically speaking, you can say it kind of stuck. He was never going to be eligible to play after getting back out. Flank Frank exactly. Flitchock or Flickock was the quarterback of the 1946 New York Giants. That same New York Giants team also found to have accepted bribes to fix that same championship game as Hips. But he was reinstated in 1950. I can't tell you what the difference is between the two. So then it caused me to look and see, okay, let's talk. Since we we talking about my gang suspended for gambling. Like these guys have been suspended, two for fixing the championship game, and one for conspiracy to murder his pregnant girlfriend, along with other things. So, so we we not we we talking about 
like serious well, issues here, right? Oh. Okay. So when we look now to the guys who've been hooked up for gambling, Alex Karras was suspended indefinitely for gambling on NFL games in 1963, but he was reinstated after one season. Paul Hornan was also suspended indefinitely for gambling on games in that same 1963 season. But he was reinstated also after one year. I guess where Paul Horning is right now. He is in the Hall of Fame. Inducted in 1986. Now, there are some differences. There are some caveats to this kind of situation. And I guess I may sound like if I'm playing devil's advocate, but I can only read the situation as I see it. Ridley was not playing. So he was not in a situation like Harris, like Karras, sorry, or Hornet. He was not playing at the time. He didn't fix any games because he wasn't playing. And the games that he was betting on, he was betting on his own team, the Falcons. He was betting on the team to win, not lose. And he owned, according to, I, I take what you said, Poole, in terms of the amounts, but according to what he said, he only put up $1,500. All right. So when you take all of that into consideration, for him to get an indefinite suspension, and a lot of other people have made this similar point today because obviously this happened today. The NFL is now, you know, locking arms with a lot of the sports books. So the NFL is embracing gambling, but a player who is in inactive status will get an indefinite suspension if he's supporting. No, this is my words. This is I didn't hear this from anybody, but if he's supporting the business partners of his employer, this is crazy. This is madness. No, I'm waiting to see what happens during the appeal process because obviously an appeal is going to happen. But mm. if you can get six games with domestic violence, this is a lot. This is a lot. So, okay, let me, rebut, let me rebut to what you said there, right? Because at this point, it, 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 they did say indefinitely, but, but and, and you use that wording to, re, to refer to some of the previous cases. At, at this point, it's not like the man is out of the league completely. Like, they're not saying he will never have a chance to play in the NFL at, at any point in time. They did say next season, which, as, as you stated, is what happened to the other two, right? that they, they were out for at least a season. So at this point, we know that he's going to be out for at least 2022. <sighs> if, if, it's, if it is beyond that, I'm willing to revisit this and then say, well, okay, well, compared to those other situations, that's harsh. But at this point, I think it's very fair. If you're saying, and especially the fact that you brought that up, saying that in the past, that is what happened. And to, to now fast forward to the part where you're talking about... Um, we mentioned that the NFL, like, being partners with the sports books and so on. Yeah, but that's not for the players. That's not for the players. That's for the fans. <laughs> that's not for the players. That's not, that's not for the players. Yes, he may be inactive, but he's still an employee of the NFL. He's still on that, that um, Atlanta Falcons roster. He wasn't a free agent or anything, so he still cannot well, do I it. want to play I want to play devil, devil's advocate with Ken's statement because... So the devil's he, advocate to the devil's advocate? One. 
He's he's contracted by the NFL, which means rightly said, because I was going to reference it, when you go to the rookie symposium, you are told of these things. So it isn't like he doesn't know. Secondly, his reason for being away from the team was not concrete. So in my mind, I can take that as you wanted to be away to gamble. It is not concrete. You didn't want to play a football call. You don't want to make money off of it. And to make things worse, you turn around, whether or not your bets were on your team to win, you bet on your own team. Bro, are you serious? Like, you didn't bet on any... You bet on your own team. You basically in the house. You take the matches from in the kitchen and start the fire in the yard. You still burning the house? How? Like, you can't... Can. And then, what you said earlier, back then, right? The NFL was probably a multi million dollar organization then the nfl today is a multi-trillion dollar organization you are one paid to play games you are a millionaire paid to play games the nfl will not allow you to make extra money off of it when it already pays you that is why they're coming down so hard on him we're not paying you $1 million, like back in the day. You are being paid $10, $15 million to play this sport. Why do you need to bet on it? Why do you need to then bet on your own team? The ownership of the Falcons are then going to come under scrutiny for something that they had no idea was happening. So you then put your team in a very bad position because it's like, I wonder who else in the organization knew he was betting on his team. So you open a can of worms. And luckily, this has not been taken to a sports court of arbitration because this can get very messy. Then mm. you have to go on oath and statements and certain things will then have to come to light. Well, we will see how it plays out. Indeed. <laughs> I am not, like I said, I am not here to exonerate Calvin Ridley because he himself said what he did was stupid. But when I look at the situation, I admit it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, Paul, what other options he got? He can't come and say that it's somebody else's neck. It's his neck. It's his <laughs> neck. He walking Just, with Hickey and got in the no, car. Oh, he does not have a choice. And let, and let well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's his neck, so he go really hickey. That's 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 what it is. That is what it is. <laughs> no, we have been here for a while, but we've had a great conversation about a lot of these issues and I'm not going to prolong this any longer. Uh, Mr. Poole, as you said, you 
have done some massage stuff and you're also engaged in some other things. So let the people know where they can find you, sir. Okay, sure. You can find me on uh, my personal page on Instagram is mario.pool, as seen in my explain name, mario.pool. That's my personal IG. My massage and sports therapy page would be Therapy House 246. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Mario's underscore world. And you can look out for something new coming, which should be a slight little um, editorial that I'm looking to start called Pool's Perspective. So you can look out for that as well. All right. Sure. Well, we will definitely be keeping an eye out for that and we will definitely plug your stuff, especially Pool's perspective once you get that going. All right. Now, we didn't mention a live. We are going to be going live on Instagram in the not-too-distant future. We had a very entertaining conversation going in one of our WhatsApp chats in which I said, and this may surprise most of you who watch <laughs> this show a lot, because, you know, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan. This You would expect this to come from AJ. But I said that <laughs> Tom Brady has the best resume in professional sports. This was said at the time when he retired. And Mr. Poole <laughs> and others took task to what I said. So AJ and I, you got to go, AJ will... He said that it, that Tom is a goat of goats, so I can I can confidently say AJ and I will be defending that thesis at that time. So look out for that. More information uh, uh, will come. Just to that. Uh, just yeah. yeah. Uh, once we have that plan, oh, Ken boy, and I will oh, be ready. Boy. You know, I didn't even see that discussion in the group. Nah, Paul, don't get into. Do not get into it now. Let's save all that. <laughs> save all that because I have points stirring up here. Already. I'm not. I am that. not. I am. Uh, but I am, I am saving it. Exactly. Just I am saving it. We can keep that energy for Instagram life. Correct. I am saving <laughs> All right, folks. So, Sir Lewis has something to say about that, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll definitely, we'll definitely spend some time on that with the people. So we'll let them know when that is happening. So for this week's edition of the Green Base Podcast, again, we thank Mario Vanderpool for joining us here today. That is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>